0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Thanks for downloading. This is the first of many shows that we're going to do about Wrestlemania. This is about Wrestlemania 1. Chris Kelly and I, good friend of the show, good friend in real life, Chris Kelly and I are going to recap slash talk about how it fits into the culture, whatever. We're going to talk about Wrestlemania from start to finish. So this is the start, and we're going to finish it in theory by the time Wrestlemania Star I think it's called Wrestlemania Star because it's going to be in Dallas at Texas Stadium Wrestlemania Star happens at at and Stadium, I apologize Right before we begin, I just want to give a little plug for tonight's show Today, if you're listening to this on the day it's released is Thursday, August 27, 2015 and we have an 8x8 at the Gibson Guitar Showroom If you're interested in that, go to youmeetthemeverybody.com And the info for the show is there. So, without further ado, here's Chris Kelly and I talking about Wrestlemania 1 from Madison Square Garden. Recorded in my lovely backyard. An idyllic setting to talk about wrestling. I've wanted to do this for a long time. And it, it, I feel like it's been months of me trying to convince you to do this Because the premise is we're going to watch every single Wrestlemania And talk about every single Wrestlemania Yes, that's In theory, on average, once a week Okay So that's what, they're usually three hours long
1: at this point I think it's up to about three or four So this is
0: going to take 30, so this is going to take 90 plus hours to do Yeah Just the watching part, not the talking about part Right And you're okay with this, finally
1: yeah, I think I've come to it. You've come around to this yeah. thing. Well, because you did it, you were like, "Let's let's watch the, all the WrestleManias and talk about them with no sense of a timeline." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I feel daunting. like this is a, a decent thing to do. So we should paint the picture for the listener at home. Uh, your name is Chris Kelly. Uh, you're a friend. You're a friend of the show. You're an editor of Fact Magazine, which is a important music publication that has nothing to do with wrestling. That's correct. And I'm the editor of British Young Things and host of this show. And both of those things rarely have anything to do with wrestling. So we decided, me, Mo, I decided we're going to jump right in the deep end, the deep end being WrestleMania, and watch all of them and talk about them and pretty much tie them to what was going on in the culture then, what's going on in the culture now, and why exactly are two men in their 30s fascinated by a bunch of men in their, between 35 and 45, uh, touching each other and pretending to not have any tor- sort of feelings towards yeah, each other. Yeah, I think
1: we'll get to the uh, the gay subtext of, of wrestling right around the main event. Pretty much, yeah. Spoiler it's alert. It's
0: coming up. We only have nine bouts to get through today. So <laughs> this is the first one of these. This is episode, I don't know, with 350-something. I don't know. Um, we're recording this. In the backyard of where I live It's the most idyllic setting of a podcast That I've ever been a part of There's some serious gay subtext for our recording Oh, this is an English garden We're in an English garden In the middle of a city And there's a citronella, citronella candle burning We're recording around dusk-ish It's pretty romantic yeah. um, I realized over time That I don't like recording in situations uh, That are appropriate for the subject matter A, it's never smart to do a podcast outside We're doing this outside Right uh, B, uh, wrestling is not a nice, calm, urban thing to do. It's usually considered a southern thing or a or like a third-tier city type of thing, right? Second yeah. or third-tier city. Usually New York being the one exception. Uh, wrestling is mostly popular in the south and southern towns, etc. Um, also, uh, we're not screaming into microphones at each other. Right. And I like doing that. And that's the thing. I could be doing this in a place where one I do... One of your s- favorite things. I scream into microphones and it would fit the subject matter. Nope. When I'm going to go screaming into microphones in in, in a bar, I'm going to talk about politics and God just turning everyone off. So we decided to do this out here, and um, thank you for doing this. You're very welcome. You are currently a wrestling fan. Yes, I'm a a, uh, relapsed wrestling fan. I think everyone I know, bearing the exception of one very funny comic, is a relapsed wrestling fan. Marty DeRosa, old friend from Chicago, now L.A. comic. He has always been, been... consistent. Consistent. Okay, yeah. He's the only one I know that's never had a decade off.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mostly grow out of it because you discover... Like, I started, you know, playing in bands and wanted to hang out with girls, and so I stopped, and that's when a lot of people stop, or they... It at least goes in the closet when you're maybe high school. Yes. College, I, unless you have friends who are into it, and then it just kind of... But now it's, in the last few years, had a kind of pop culture moment, and so people... Have reclaimed it, and and I mean, it's a bigger part of like the de- the end of guilty pleasures, where you can just be a fan of whatever. And, absolutely. And when people kind of get, to they see it now. There's enough connections to it, as we'll see. The stuff that happened when you watched it in the '80s or '90s or early 2000s is very much it's it's a, it's a soap opera. In yes, a sense, absolutely. It's a, a continuous story. So you can take this, the stuff that happens in this, and if you had long enough time, or say 30 something podcasts, you could connect. <laughs> how all the stories go all the way back
0: yes um do you think you'd be watching if the wwe network did did not exist
1: uh probably not because that was a really it's such an easy way to get back and watch yeah the stuff and and go right to the nostalgia
0: and because uh i live in a city and you live in a city and we have decent jobs in the media i am stealing your wwe account because you logged into my computer once and i have yet to log you out so i am not supporting vince McMahon. thanks vince I'm not supporting the right-wing, Connecticut-based <laughs> WWE sports entertainment.
1: Yeah, no, take a moral stance on it.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> We're going to get to the moral stances really sm- uh, quickly. Yeah, uh, We should time date this. It is currently August. It's a Wednesday. It's August 26th. It's the post-SummerSlam weekend. Correct. You, had, you went to the NXT taping as part yes. of SummerSlam on Saturday. Did you watch SummerSlam?
1: I watched it uh, live at the house. Had some people over. You some watched it some live relapsed, at the house. some relaps wrestling fans.
0: And did you watch Monday Night Raw? No,
1: you uh, no. I, I watched ninety minute raw and You Homo. watched too but that yeah. counts to me.
0: So yeah. you watched a live show. A lot of
1: wrestling this that week.
0: That was what three hours? Four. Four, Four hours change
1: because it was a taping. Jeez. Oh, NXT is the WWE's developmental program that's now its own brand. It's the kind of cool little sibling of the big program. You don't have to deal with. Vince McMahon's hands in it and John Cena all the time, and so it's kind of gotten where wrestling fans are going. So we they sold out Barclays like SummerSlam did and like Raw did. So it was all, it was a but like the point is you
0: watched it. nine and a half hours of wrestling by choice in a span of three days. Or yeah, four and then days. before this I was watching old episodes of NXT. So. Oh yeah, and this and yeah, yeah. you had this. Oh, and so, this thing too. So yeah. Uh, so this is pretty much all you
1: consumed this week. It, it's, it's a lot to consume. Yeah. We did it on vacation and got uh, my wife's brother into it because it, you can watch it. You can sit down every day and there'll be programming on. Yeah. And by the end of the week, you're like, why is there nothing on on Friday?
0: Yeah, I'm going through weird withdrawals on, like, Wednesday afternoons because, like, I don't know what to do now. I usually watch Raw on, like, in the background at work on Tuesdays yeah. when I'm doing, like, brainless work. It's very odd. Anyways, uh, let's start with the match. I but, didn't do this. Oh, sorry. Go So ahead. I want
1: to say before, it's one of the things that I, I was, that was funny before even getting to the thing is like how different it is on little stuff um so this uh wrestlemania one madison square garden 1984 Four?
0: five that's what i wanted to ask you when is the actual date yes, i was so I dumb up. and i've watched so much wrestling and clips I, of other matches i don't even i, I know it's the mid 80s <laughs> i know cindy lopper's there yeah it's not the first time cindy Lauper's there no
1: they had done stuff before this so the because you know, we do great rest, uh, research here. March thirty first, nineteen eighty five. Okay. It was at Madison Square Garden. Nineteen thousand people. So actually, just to sh- you know, touch above the crowd I mm-hmm. saw this weekend.
0: Yeah. Um, and according to the announcer Jesse The Body of Ventura, one point two million people watched it live. That number yeah. changed multiple times throughout the uh, Millions of people watched it millions. after Andre the Giant wrestled. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. it just jumped it by ten. Going, yeah.
1: And and the, the thing is the, the the elevator pitch on WrestleMania one is that. This was, that people had done pay-per-views, and at this point it's more closed-circuit TVs, like yes. you go to a bar and see it, um, but they had you know, done big cards like this, but this was a huge one, a huge, like, first of its kind in a lot of ways, first of its kind to make money and to, to prove itself to be a business model.
0: And the legend is, if this busts, there is no WWF. Right. He, he literally put the he company put on the line. He everything
1: he had on, to do this. Was a he huge being undertaker.
0: Vince McMahon Jr., we should make that very yeah. clear, his father was in the business for a very long time. If you're interested in this at all, just read the Masked Man's book. Yes. Just read that. And if you kind of know us, good. You're, you're still on board. And if you're, like, <laughs> someone we know that loves this stuff, we're sorry. We're going to yeah. screw this up multiple times, and we're not going to have somebody correcting us.
1: Yeah, we don't have, like, a... Uh, I'm not even making other podcast jokes. That's fine. Yeah, let's yeah. not even reference those So, this the stuff. things that, that jumped out at me was, first, much like we have notes because we don't know what we're talking about, um, Minji... Ne- had the star spangled banner written down on like the back of a bill it was like on the envelope
0: mean gene okerlund had to do so much heavy lifting at this this should have been called mean gene explains to other men what to do yeah he was so good He is not a singer he is far from a good singer yet he opens the show with the national anthem and i you i know what happened in
1: that moment they were like oh shit we We have to do the star spangled banner oh my god who knows how to do the star spangled
0: banner i guess it's you mean mean gene so good yeah. It was. I mean, it was a horrible performance. Yeah, no, but, but the, not I, the, laughably bad. The fact bad.
1: that he's on a live televised event reading the lyrics of a card while doing like the mic down from the ceiling. Oh my god, was amazing. That was
0: also my first note. Yeah, did you? There was a. The, the thing opens with a ninety-second little graphics intro. Horrible. Yeah. No reason for it. <laughs> All you need to do is put up the title card that says WrestleMania, and then here's Mean Gene. Why did they have that? I understand the three-minute horrible. Uh, end cr- credit sequence, and you have to say executive producer Vince McMahon, etc. Yeah. But why include this weird thing?
1: This is definitely one of those things, when, if it did fail, and we were looking back 30 years later going, here's why it failed. There's a lot of those things in there. Sure,
0: I'll agree completely. But
1: And then, you know, Mean Jeans Not Alone, some of the, the stuff I found funny, because I, I didn't watch at this time because I was one years old and I haven't watched it before and this era uh, Sir Alfred Hayes so you have a a British guy doing very like you know PGA bumpers in between matches he's also standing in the it looks like the gorilla position which is the place wrestlers go at the beginning and end of matches where they're emerging from it's not a big great entrance if you're
0: not a wrestling fan even if you are a wrestling fan Think about Saturday Night Live, right? Whenever they cut to backstage and you see Lorne Michaels, it's probably about 30 feet from the actual uh, performance area, and he's kind of hidden by a staircase. That's what this is. It's yeah. it's sort of in the arena, sort of backstage. It's very odd. It's so, like, facing
1: out to the arena, so guys are kind of passing him. Yeah. They're not interacting. It's it's a really strange thing. And, and just the tone, too, to have this very stodgy British guy um, about, about I, I
0: understand his importance in wrestling. Yeah, he's really not good at his job in this.
1: <laughs> it doesn't really, it doesn't really highlight what he did did best. But they, no. they definitely were trying to, they were trying to like, hear, what do, what do sports, what do real things do? And yeah, they were trying exactly. To, they were trying to steal some of that gravitas.
0: Well, he's not good, but I don't think he could have been good. You can yeah. put anybody there and make them be good. You're sort of just moving the story along, what yeah. litter story there is, and yeah. hoping for the best. Yeah, and, and for no
1: reason. I mean, and then the announcing with um, with Monsoon and, and Jesse, the body Ventura, it's funny to hear Ventura, it, even at this point he was the body, but he hadn't evolved, not even in the his politics stage, but it, like, it still was a pretty muted performance. It definitely wasn't like the James Adomi and Jesse Ventura.
0: No, but it was not
1: bad. No, it is good. He, he he's made one it of the so better, good. He's one, like, he's one of the great color guys, and he wasn't even going like totally over on it, but it was... It's, it's funny to hear him and, and have a two-man, you know, guys who aren't... Anytime you watch wrestling before, when they're not plugging stuff and they're just actually doing play-by-play and play color, it he, really is... It's a,
0: it's a talent that a lot of them did not have. Yeah. Uh, he's one that did, and obviously he sold a lot of those tickets. Yeah. This is pre-Vince McMahon as an announcer as right. well, and right? And then
1: when we get to those, which I'm sure he did WrestleManias, I know he did pay-per-views and stuff, and his... He was like screaming into the mic like he doesn't know how to microphone works so he's yeah. constantly screaming and it's painful. <laughs> so these, this was actually pretty pretty pleasant. I mean it's just kind of weird to see. It's this it looks very much like a, an old boxing match like it's we just the make ring. It, I don't
0: think we made it clear that it was in Madison Square Garden. If
1: yeah. We, yeah, we, we, we might should. But yeah it's in Madison Square Garden but it's a pretty dark crowd. It's very just, dark. It's just a ring with the bare minimum of space around it.
0: I don't know if it wasn't lit for television or it just wasn't lit because it was 1985, but it's kind of hard to see. The the cameras aren't good, and I'm not expecting it to be good. I understand the era. But occasionally there will be a good shot, which makes me think (laughs) it's just a really bad editor because you have a guy on the floor.
1: Right, and at one point they're like, oh, that's a great shot from camera five, which is very strange. (laughs) Yeah. but um, So there was, yeah, it was covered. They definitely, it wasn't a static camera or anything. It just, it... It looks strange, and then and just the ring, last little minor thing is those the loose ropes makes yes. it looks like looks so like well, amateur. Do
0: you know if the ring? I should have looked this up. If the ring itself was smaller or bigger? It looked like it was bigger. I'm not, not sure the, same the size, size, but
1: I know they they were constructed differently, and a lot of stuff with the ropes was because, as we'll get to, when you had guys like Andre, yeah, they worried about the, like there was times in the the an unplanned, you know a 400-pound guy falls and the ring collapses and you're not, your show is fucked.
0: In a weird way, I think I think the guys were bigger on average than now. There wasn't a lot of high-flying Oh, no,
1: no, there wasn't any of that yet. I mean, you're still coming from an era where it was like, these weren't like chiseled bodybuilders. I mean, one of the best-looking guys is not, you know, he was all, looks pretty roided up, but none of them are particularly Mr. Like, Perfect? Um, no, uh, I think Steamboat looks pretty big and juiced at this point. We can go through yeah, and so just just list through all this. the people that have Let's. done steroids. Um <laughs> Why don't we get to that? What's the the first match, that
0: Tito Santana and the Executioner.
1: Yeah, so that's a great, uh, boring match to start
0: your card with. Well, the, uh, the Executioner it comes Buddy from Ro- Parts
1: Unknown. Well, he was
0: Buddy Rose, who was a legendary guy, but not in this incarnation. No. He's just a guy with a mask. But Parts Unknown is the best place to be from. Yes. I would like to say that I am from Parts Unknown from here on out. But you've made the Chicago thing abundantly clear. So I'm, I'm from Chicago slash parts unknown. What part of Chicago? It's unknown. crazy. But that is the best part. Why is, is the Undertaker from parts unknown, or is he from he like was, Texas? He was
1: from Death Valley for a long time. Got it. And I think they've tried. I don't know what they've retconned it to.
0: Because they still do that, right?
1: Yeah, because they do it on. They do it memorably on NXT because one of the guys, Tyler Breeze, is a his character is a model, so he'll be like, they'll be like, currently residing in
0: Cairo. <laughs> I know that Dolph Ziegler is Dick Ziegler is from Hollywood, Florida. Yes, which is hilarious. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I don't care. I he's hope not. It. He's from, from Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah. Which well, is well, they always... change
1: it when he's in, when they're in Cleveland to get a pop. Got it. Golf. Okay. And if guys are from fake places, they're from the real places when they're really in town.
0: Interesting. I did not even under yeah. WrestleMania. Even on a SummerSlam.
1: I, th- I don't know if I've seen it that But I've definitely seen Ziggler been announced From like Cleveland To get a pop Interesting Yeah
0: um, Okay so Tina Santana He defeated the executioner That was and the thing that, that happened That was a match Yeah It was. I actually didn't think It was that bad
1: Oh yeah it's fine It's just, And that's the funny thing Watching the matches Before a lot of the high flying Before a, a lot of the Power move stuff It's just a ma-
0: wrestling match Yeah it's just a wrestling match Yeah uh, Which we'll get to SummerSlam actually The most recent SummerSlam The more We Go Because I have some thoughts About okay. that That tie to this Yeah uh, The second one is King Kong Bundy With Jimmy Hart uh, defeating Special Delivery Jones.
1: And the only thing on this one is that Special Delivery Jones is like a thing that doesn't exist anymore, which was a jobber. Yeah. Which is a guy who has a character and he's out there all the time and, you know, he could be, you know, good or bad guy, but he's going to lose every time. Yeah. And in in this one, in quick fashion.
0: I love that Jimmy Hart kind of looks the same now.
1: Yeah, he th- was he,
0: never a good-looking guy, but he no. didn't age that bad. I
1: think that's the the key to that. Is he yeah? already look like a lizard man? <laughs> like <laughs> aging does not and and you already look like He just has that timeless like scumbag look. He I does. Just, yeah. He's,
0: he looks like a, a the carny boss but not the main boss, like second in command at the yeah. carnival. It's great. Uh Ricky Steamboat defeating Matt Bourne. I genuinely Okay. It. So Ricky Steamboat was
1: The thing is this match for him wasn't his we'll get to it. WrestleMania three is like one of the best matches of all time against yes. against Savage and yes but the thing is Steamboat at this point he like when he came out that's who I was like oh steroid era because Got he it. looks much he looks like if you like a cartoon like you pumped air into someone's muscles because like I, I'm familiar with more of his matches later in the 80s and he would kind of had like a he trimmed down and even before the steroid bust where other guys were rated up he definitely slimmed down he had more of like a martial artist
0: got it physique later very ripped but not like a monster these are this is this is the part where i just want to apologize to the listener and myself for not doing better research white trunks yeah white trunks right what about it you told me this and i've been noticing it like you never want white trunks right it
1: looks like you're in tidy whites
0: yeah and then what happened on raw with um what opened raw bo dallas bo dallas because and and that's white trunks that's
1: the thing is Bo Dallas because like you can do that on a character and make them look like a fool yes. by
0: putting them in white trunks. Then why is our current WWE champion our current, the do, current WWE champion? Because he's champion? wearing white pants. He's wearing a white Wait. pants suit with the top. How because, is that
1: any better? Because you're not exposed.
0: You're not just a guy out there oh, in your God. underwear. All right. So that's the thing. I, I think that was this the first time? He, I think he's the only person on this card wearing white trunks.
1: I think so. But he was also a super babyface. I don't think he ever went heel. Okay. So it was just like clean.
0: What I want to know is does the white trunks translate to never achieving it throughout the 30 plus years of WrestleMania? You'll never main card with white trunks.
1: No, because Steamboat's like a Hall of Famer, so...
0: Okay, then that's a bunk already, theory. I'm glad we've already <laughs> we just dismissed completely. it completely. No, that's good yeah. to do in WrestleMania 1. I'm trying to find the, find things, the things that tie Yeah, and I feel like together. a lot of these
1: matches don't really have... There is some stuff here that I, that I connected to what's going on modernly, or at least in other areas of wrestling. Well, I had my white
0: trunk theory completely thrown out the window. Yeah. Uh, uh, match four, this is the match that no one actually cares about who's in the ring but outside the ring. Yes. David San Martino with his father Bruno, defeating Brutus Beefcake with Johnny Van... Johnny Valiant on the side of the ring. Yeah, so so Bruno
1: Sammartino is like the, f- he was the first Hulk Hogan. Yeah. When WWE or WWW... or excuse me WWF, when there was three Ws, like the World Wide Web, uh, he had the belt for twenty, like, like the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Four thousand when they put the dates together, it's like four thousand days. Um, I mean it was just a totally different era. You were doing, there was less TV it was a lot of like house shows and stuff but there was no and it was an era where he was an Italian guy in a New York promotion and mm-hmm. they played up that he was an Italian I mean he's literally Italian from Italy
0: and we should also make it clear that at the time there wasn't there wasn't one company so there were a lot of other world champions right at the same time so yeah.
1: so it was when it was the, the, the regional uh, era yeah yeah.
0: The territories, ter-
1: ter- territorial era, is what I was looking for there. Yeah.
0: So, uh, what's interesting about this match is uh, people care more about dads than they do about sons. He
1: came out in a pretty, like, uh, nice-looking cable knit. Yeah, it looked good sweater. Good-looking <laughs> yeah, sweater. It was a, know, On the was Hall that, of Famer. It was like a Cosby sweater. But it wasn't one of those. And it's definitely like that's that is a thing that will happen with fathers putting their their pushing their sons in the company business and it not really working. Rick Flair is pretty memorable on that. There won't be any. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that any of the Rick and David stuff was WWE. Maybe yeah. one, but it wasn't. It wouldn't be WrestleMania. For the
0: listener that is not as knowledgeable, please inform them what you're talking about. So Rick Flair, who is also like one of, if not the best wrestler ever, you will know him as the guy that uh, hung out with John Stewart in the ring on Monday Night. If you're just a liberal, yes, and says that woo. Then listens to the show. Yeah,
1: if you hear people doing woo, that's a that's Rick Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, his his sons and daughter have been in the business, and yeah, I mean and. His daughter will be, will have a, a nice career. The sons did not, and uh, it's it's definitely one of those. I mean, you see that in other other sports with the the son is like, that's the only time that I'm sure that's the only time that David San Martino got to spend with his dad. So well, we don't know that, but we, could. we can infer because these guys live on the road and yeah. Probably yeah, not a not a great history of, of great fathers.
0: Uh, here's a good match that I enjoyed quite a bit: um, Junkyard Dog defeating Greg Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, this was a good match. Yes. Uh, probably the best match on. The, I'm looking through. The, I think it's the best match on the card.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's probably yeah. the, uh, the tag match is pretty good, but this is the best like singles match. Yeah. Like straight up two guys kind of wailing on each other.
0: Yeah. Um, Junkyard Dog will. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he's he's a.
1: He's, a, he's guy a man who did had came out with chains around his neck like yes. a junkyard dog would. Yes. Made a lot of biting and growling and dog noises. Yes. And it's in the long history of, of professional history wrestling of being racist. Yeah. Which is basically racist. the only thing that wrestling's done consistently <laughs> in since the 1900s. So uh, that, I mean, and that's when people when when the Hogan stuff happened recently if you were like a snarky person on the internet, it was fun for you to go, well, did you know about this racism? It's like, yes, everybody knows about it. No one's really happy about it. There's a huge history of it. And they're, you know, even when they make steps forward,
0: it's a lot of steps back. We should bring up, we should bring up the The fact that... New Day. We'll we'll talk about The New (laughs) Day in a second, but WrestleMania 1, headlined by Hulk Hogan. He comes out with Mr. T and Jimmy Jimmy Superfly Snooka, a man of Samoan descent? Yes. And an African-American man. So you didn't necessarily think Hogan was the one keeping the Junkier dog in chains. No, it was just yeah. It was the whole company.
1: And and as far as that goes, I mean this is the he, you know, Junkier dog. You can't dog be like this was 1985.
0: You know how 1985 was. You no, know 1985.
1: No, I'm saying it actually gets worse. Oh, for sure. I mean Harlem Heat in in WCW another promotion when they they brought out uh, a tag team called Harlem Heat, mm-hmm. as you can guess what that would be they were literally came out like like runaway slaves they did that in a house show and they were like we can't there's no way we can fucking yeah. do that and that was year that was like early 90s
0: so well should we we can't do a comprehensive history of the racism of WWE or WWF no, or a WCW we'll never what end. i would
1: do would just refer to uh, Mass Man did an, a, a nice little capsule mm-hmm. it was a couple years ago when something racist happened once again just read that book yeah, read read life in the life and death in the squared circle by david Shoemaker, or Read the Mass Man columns on Grantland, uh, but there is a they had one of, of the history of that and and it was the thing is too a junk dog it's it's definitely like in the the problematic pl- problematic era when you go oh black guy and chains not good but the thing that wasn't that was it wasn't just the portrayal just saying it's not as simple as that it was that the fact that a heel commentator a bat heel bad guy uh, Jesse Ventura would say like. Oh, he's up there shucking and jive. Like it was they would make it more races than yeah. it was even intended.
0: I think right now, if you watched raw you watched Raw, what happened with the New Day on Monday was just as bad. What okay. The old guys Can we flip forward to, to the current day to talk about the new one? Sure. Yeah, you just yeah, okay. brought up the new day. The new day are the current tag team champions. Yes, they just got back the belts yes, on Sunday. On night. Sunday.
1: It's three guys who hold two belts. Yes. So it's just two guys wrestling at a time. Um, it's a guy, Kofi Kingston, who's been in the company for about a decade. High-flying guy, acrobatic, Very a lot good. of fun to watch, never been particularly interesting. Biggie, who's a huge powerlifter and real-life guy, never been particularly interesting. And a kid, Xavier Woods, who... Um, so per- fascinating. Great, yeah. He's a real-life life. Real life PhD candidate right now. Um, I mean, he's a huge... Nerd. Yeah, He's a huge nerd, comic book guy. And he came, but he's a great talker on the mic. Never really seen a lot from In the Ring, but they put three of them together mm-hmm. this year. And uh, they were talking about how Vince backstage was basically like, I've got an idea for you. Why don't you go out there and be like gospel singers? Mm-hmm. And they were in the room and basically, I mean, what do you do when the when the boss, yeah. the top boss goes, gives you something like that? Like you can't be like, no, that's racist and storm out. I mean, you can, but that would end their career. So they had to figure out a way to spin it. So for the, while they came out and they were... Um, there
0: was like a video package there was a with video package the Gospel
1: and them coming out and their thing is they're a new day they're about positivity and they're yes. just gonna clap and sing and all that mm-hmm. and it was very shuck and jive very and it was a little rough and they were also being pushed as like good guys as faces baby faces which was not working because they were getting booed almost out of the building mm-hmm. until they kind of tweaked it and became heels and they also I think they've they've decided well we're gonna do it like it's ironic and I think, that, I think they're doing a commentary on, like, being black in wrestling and being black in America. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because one of the
1: things they do is, like, the whole positivity thing, it was, like, well, we clap. And they, they do a clap where they say, New Day rocks, and mm-hmm. everyone changes to New Day sucks. And they, they get to a point where they just, they've had enough, and they want to yell and scream at the audience and say, no, you suck. And then one will take them aside and go, no, brother, like, clap, don't snap. Which I think is them saying, like, this is, the, this is what you have to do to get, yep. get by and they've, they've turned it into, beyond the racial stuff, turned it into very entertaining wrestling.
0: Yeah. And, and they're, they're perfectly fine in-ring performers. They're never the most fascinating...
1: No, no, it's all on the mic. It's it's their theatrics and stuff. But well, what was
0: the problem with what happened on Monday? Oh, just the announcers, like, genuinely don't understand cultural references. And they, like, one of them, one of the three old men, kept saying, Get it in, like, getting jiggy with it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it that's... just got weird. It really does. And I mean, it, it does benefit them a little bit, because they were, they're able to do stuff that flies over the heads of people who would say otherwise. Yes. So one of their chants recently was... Hey, we want some new day, which is to love crew. I mean, which is not—it's yeah. a pretty dated reference, but, but if it's they, still there. But no one knows that they're doing like, hey, we want some pussy, because no one knows anything. They think getting jiggy with it is like a exactly is rap music.
0: So, the, the, but it's weird and subversive. But it's like kind of racist, not really racist. I don't know what's going on, which makes it fascinating and worth. And watching. this is,
1: and and this gets back to the main point of why people are kind of getting into it is because you can appreciate. Wrestling on all these different meta levels. Things are sneaking in. Yeah, there in is a lot, of, a lot of subversive stuff. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking. I mean, if you like community, you probably would like wrestling. <laughs> That's a fascinating because ex- it's not and it's commenting. That's the tagline. For it's the show. not necessarily. It's not just a wrestling show. It's a. I mean, this is a. I'm kind of stealing this. It's wrestling about wrestling. There's a great video by Max Landis called Wrestling. Uh,
0: if you've listened to this, you yeah. know that. Yeah, wrestling isn't wrestling. Wrestling
1: isn't wrestling, and um, but that's the whole thing. It's this—it's this this kind of meta commentary on on sports entertainment, on wrestling.
0: And speaking of meta commentary, let's go to the next match, which was so inter—probably the most entertaining match, not the best, right? But the most entertaining. Nikolai Volokov and the Iron Sheik defeating the U.S. Express, Mike Rotunda
1: and Barry Windham with their manager,
0: Captain Lou Albano. Um, This match ruled. Uh, the, the wrestling is whatever. I don't care. Yeah. But it's a man from the Soviet Union. Or okay. uh, the, wait, what is it at the time? Soviet. So- USSR? USSR. USSR. Versus uh, with a man from Iran. Yeah. Who is really from Iran? Yes. Who was really a bodyguard? What was he? He worked. He was real wrestler. Gold medalist. I my My Sheik history. Have you not seen the doc? It's on Netflix. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not great, yeah. but it's not bad.
1: Versus two guys called the U.S. Express. It's so good. And this is definitely the height. I mean, that was the thing that the, this, the, you know, holdover from the territorial is mm-hmm. having, like, really kind of xenophobic and jingoistic kind of character types. It's easier to play up when we were in the Cold War. Oh, yeah. And they did a lot. I mean, a, a lot of Hulk Hogan stuff was that. Lex Luger did that. And, and you would think that that would be done. But no. But no, because the, in 2015...
0: Uh, we all had a WrestleMania party at your house. Thank yes, you for that. And welcome. everyone's favorite match, be it a uh, hardcore actual wrestling fan and knows what's going on, a complete newbie was John Cena versus yep. Rusev, who is from Bulgaria, but life. he's really from... No, he's really from Bulgaria. But, but he grew up in, like, Tennessee or oh, yeah, Florida or yeah. something. And he was representing Russia or something like that? They would say he was fighting for the Russian Federation. That's and right. he came out...
1: In a freaking tank. He came out in a tank, and I mean, and because it's WrestleMania, and because it's John Cena, he. Uh, you know, there was
0: a 9/11 package. There was a U.S. package, and it went through the greatest things that the United States has ever done, including recover from 9/11. Yeah, that was 2015. Yeah, this was, was just happened. Yeah, it was so and, good. And it's
1: the same dynamic. It was and, so good. And in this match, the the bad guys there.
0: Um, in 1995, it was possible for the bad guy to win. Not in 19. Not in 2015. You're right. Well, they
1: won because they won with cheating.
0: It doesn't matter. Yes. But they well, didn't. we'll get to cheating later. Okay. But I, that's a clear like. Oh, we're still doing this exactly. Yeah. It's not. We're not even making <laughs> up new things. It's perfect. I love it so much.
1: I want to stay on this one for a second because Absolutely. two of the, the guys in um, U.S. Express, Mike Rotunda and Barry Windham. Barry Windham would go on. Um, to being more notable in WCW as part of the Four Horsemen with, with Ric Flair. Yes. Um, he was probably one of their better technical guys that went through a lot of uh, changes of the this, this stable. But always, obviously, four guys. He was one of the better technical ones in it. Um, Mike Rotundo um, would later become IRS. Mm. And that was a character in the 90s. Uh, if I have it right, it's Irwin are Schyster, <laughs> which <laughs> nothing problematic there. Um, yeah, and so that was a that was a horrible gimmick he had in the '90s. Yeah, and then he, two of his sons are currently wrestlers. Really, Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. Are you? That's them. Yeah,
0: I did not know that.
1: Bo Dallas's real name is Wyndham Rotunda. Oh, for wow. Barry Wyndham.
0: Uh, this is a current wrestling question that is stupid, but no one could. Could Bo ever join the Bray the family? I, no. I don't think they.
1: They, they don't v- want to associate wanna, them together. Yeah, they don't want to. Um, Bo Dallas, even when he was in NXT, has had this kind of... The gimmick he has now that he's like a bad guy who doesn't know he's a bad guy. Yeah. And
0: Slash positive thinker, motivational positive thinker type that of yeah. thing.
1: But he's, you know, he's a fake positive... Do you believe? Do you believe? And Bray Wyatt, the, uh, the older brother, is has a long beard and he looks like... It's like a deliverance type cult. Yeah. Basically.
0: And it's great. And he is one and of they're the both most great. And they're both great. But, eh, but will Bo Dallas ever get a shot as No, because it's, cause it's, it's too kind boring. of a, It's comedy. Yeah. On Monday,
1: did... he went out there and Brock Lesnar threw him around the ring like a rag doll. That was it. And it was funny.
0: There wasn't a lot of comedy on this bill in terms of the actual wrestlers. There was a lot of comedy in terms of managers. Yes. And celebrity guests.
1: Yeah. And the, and the manager thing, I mean, and we'll get to both of them. The manager thing, I mean, it's a good time at any with... with uh, Captain Lou being here, and yeah. We got to Jimmy Hart. This is an era where there were these big personalities, and you had ma- you had managers. So a manager doesn't actually manage; it's it's a storyline thing. They're the ones who accompany them. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it's the guy talking on the mic for a big guy who was a physical presence who couldn't really who couldn't tell a story. Yes, you have a manager. It's either, it's a guy who's been in wrestling or wrestled but didn't have the physical talent who can do some that.
0: famous wrestlers uh, in the back in the day besides Captain Lou is. Paul Bearer probably yes for the Undertaker. Uh, he was extremely famous. Uh, we've already covered Jimmy Jimmy Hart, Hart um, the and Mount then, of the South. Yeah, um, and then
1: um, and then we will. There's there's more in this show too, which I don't know if I, I wrote down. But um, uh,
0: manager's role is a good way the, to uh, just Bobby the Brain Heenan yes because
1: he was he will show up late in the show. Freddie uh, Blassie. It was a
0: good way to just expand the card in a way without having to like, yeah. have a wrestler.
1: And tell, tell more stories, and, and, and really the, the job of the manager and the job of the talking on the mic is, like any of it, is to put asses in seats and to tell you why you care about the match, why you care about these two idiots fighting in the ring. And that's why
0: now the reason why I'm watching wrestling is probably Paul Heyman. Yes. Like, I probably wouldn't be watching without... Brock yeah. Lesnar's current manager, CM Punk's former manager, he's the guy that makes it exciting. Yeah,
1: and Paul Heyman, the the once again the elevator pitch. He ran a promotion that was famous in the '90s, calls called ECW. Um, Short for Extreme Championship Wrestling. They were the more, as the title would say, extreme. Um, they innovated a lot of that stuff. They, you know, a lot of their guys would go on to careers in w, what is now WWE. He joined the WWE and has been with them for over a decade.
0: And, mm, and this run, it's been about four three years, something like that. I think, I mean, yeah, but was one, one point. point. Yeah. See, uh, one of the things we're going to get to in this is uh, everyone gets fired and everyone comes back.
1: That is, that's generally the rule because at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is a carny and he wants to make money. And that's, he knows, you can't let, like, being, you know, betrayed get in the way of making money. Speaking
0: but, of making money, let's go to the next match. It's Andre the Giant. Yes. Versus Big John Studd. Yeah. Uh, most was that is
1: that the most porn name of anybody? Big John Stud,
0: yes, yeah. hands 2Ds, down. Two uh, D's. Hot you know Rod I mean. is the best nickname for porn. Yes, but Big John Stud with two D's is the best. Yeah, wrestling name. Um yeah. this was the money match in terms of it was a fifteen thousand dollar
1: duffel bag full of crumpled fives and ones. It looked
0: like maybe a hundred dollar <laughs> and some newspapers. Yeah, <laughs> just it looks so bad.
1: Yeah, the production value not great. And the challenge of this match was not pinning your opponent, but body-slamming them, which is a maneuver where you take one hand on the shoulder, one hand on the crotch, give them a 180, throw them down on the mat. That's it. That's exactly what it sounds like. You slam the body. And that's it. And and because Andre the Giant was 7'4", and, the, and a literal giant. And the myth was he had never been body-slammed. Yes, and could not be. Exactly. It was a big deal. It'll be a big deal. Spoiler alert in a couple of wrestling yeah. you now. Uh-huh. But uh, in this match, uh, even though Big, big John's a big guy, 6'10", probably
0: looks like a baby boy yes compared to on the Jurassic
1: and you know I was thinking there there was you know just looking at the guys now there aren't the, the, those those monster type guys I think everybody's just, gotten bigger but there's not as many kind of monsters
0: people now have gotten fitter yeah um, there's like two monsters right now probably Big Show yeah and maybe Mark Henry
1: yeah I mean Mark Henry's an Olympic big, medalist yeah, yeah I mean there's still you know depending on the day Kane and Undertaker sure Riot's, Wyatt just brought a guy who's, who's 6'10 six ten four. something yeah
0: yeah, and but compared to Andre the Giant, nothing. There was yeah. a moment, of, there was really nothing going on in the ring, so the cameras just focused on Andre's shoes. Yeah, And they're like, he's set size
1: 24 feet. That's bigger than the guy in the NBA. Yeah, that was yeah. it.
0: That was the whole point. We have nothing to do. Let's just show you how big it is. That's still part of it. Yeah, Vince McMahon and wrestling fans like big guys.
1: I think that's more of a Vince thing than the audience. Mm, the way they cheer for a big show to retire. I think it might be a, uh, a maybe a Vince thing, but I mean the thing is too. Th- this match, it was. It's like it is definitely one of those like time capsule things that doesn't always translate. Mm-mm. It did not. I yeah. I mean I don't think and and not growing up in then, and you know, the Andre thing is not is not a big
0: deal to me. No, it really isn't. Yeah. Um, he never got to belt because the whole. Premise was he would have always been the best. He was yeah, so yeah. big, and, it does not matter. And this is a different scene.
1: era where we were saying with the territorial, you could bring him in to your yes. territory, and he could fight for a few months or a few weeks or a few matches, mm-hmm. and then he would leave town. And he would just be—it would be who you had your guy, your best bad guy, your best good guy go against. He would be whatever the story needed. Yep. He'd be this huge freak who would, you know, and then and then he'd leave town. So and that so he didn't. These, these guys who are when they wrestle now and it's three hundred days a year and you see them on TV and, and not even getting into social media stuff just the amount of time they're on TV wrestling is so much more. We're, we're seeing if you literally only saw Andre Giant once a year and then the rest of the time it was just rumors of like whether or not he existed, mm-hmm. that would be pretty. I mean, even I mean it wasn't the fucking sixteen hundreds, but like <laughs> there weren't you know like is he going to be in the promotion this week? Is Absolutely. he going to be on TV on and Saturday? They're you know? really.
0: There, there is an equivalent of that, and there isn't. Um, right now, there are two wrestlers that are pretty up in age, the same way at this point Andre was, mm-hmm. that are huge draws for their card. The one being The Undertaker, who right. co-headlined uh, SummerSlam, and the other being Sting, who's about to co-headline the next pay-per-view. Who's view. literally
1: 56 years old. An old guy. Sting is, is old, and Tager's 50. Good for them. Yeah, and but they can like, still do it. And and honestly, Taker's match on... Did you watch SummerSlam? I did. SummerSlam? So, I did. Undertaker, who will date, you know... Debut, but he'll be on one of these in a few weeks, I guess. Um, has been doing it for, you know, 25 years. Which is very, very, 30 very probably actually from when he started. So and yeah. to still do this to your body and be able to perform at a high level, it's kind of crazy.
0: And that's pretty much the same with Andre. And at this point, Andre is almost 50, almost 40. I think, well, he, he died at he, like 47. Yeah, so. he had been doing this for. This is towards the end of his run. Yeah, WrestleMania one. He's It'll the be bridge a, yeah. between Bruno and WrestleMania. Is that's a good Giant. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good um, his career is entirely depressing. <laughs> yeah, his there's life no is very winning. Depressing. He yeah. seemed like a very nice man who was doomed to this.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of crazy, and and it also it's kind of crazy that this wasn't, you know, the fact that this will be a Andre Hogan would be such a big thing in three to have him kind of in this gimmicky match. But what else but are you, you going to do, do with much him. With, you him. That was do very with him? You can't do anything. Limited in so many ways. It was just it was he's a big guy.
0: And also, he was one of the guys that didn't need the promotion. Even when WWF was now soon to be the game in town, he didn't really need them. He could travel. That's also completely different than it is now. There is one game in town, which changes everything. This was the first match I realized, holy shit, they're really close to the ring. In fact, the cameramen are on the ring. That's way too close. You shouldn't sit that close. (laughs) People fall out of the ring.
1: Not as much, more so now, but definitely, yeah. I wouldn't want to be on in his shadow.
0: Um, this was also the match uh, where I noticed that Mean Gene is sexually attracted to money. Because uh, in <laughs> the preview of the match when they open the $15,000 duffel bag, he looks like he's about to lose his mind and lose <laughs> everything inside of him. Yeah. He is a very excitable man.
1: Yeah, it's also funny, after the match, speaking of, of Mean Gene, how, where they're doing the backstage interview with Andre, and they cut him off. The only one that gets cut off. Yeah, they didn't like play the music, they just like... He's still talking, and they they cut to... It's the the only...
0: They cut to a graphic, and then they just go to the match right away. Yeah. Because he can't speak. He's not the most eloquent... Well, that's not fair. also... It was not his first... He had a very thick accent. Thick
1: accent, and I think difficulty with
0: his size. Yeah. And he... I don't think he really understood the storyline angle. (laughs) It's just like, I'm going to win, because the whole premise was if Andre doesn't win, it's a retirement match. He's done. You'll never see him again. Obviously, that was not going to happen. Right. And... That's why Andre just laughed. He's like, "Yeah, that w- what? No, yeah, I'm no. amazing." I'm it was like best. he didn't
1: get it. It was no, no storyline.
0: He didn't care. Yeah. Also, this was the match I noticed. Did people just bring air horns to arenas in the 80s? People do
1: that and that that continued who's, for quite a while. Who's
0: bringing air horns? How is that a thing that was like, like Well, just
1: the little can ones. People do that up until like up until like
0: 9/11 security. Is that it? Am I just like yeah, this was is the was first thing? I know, but like what's well, the first one I really noticed that's that's a weird thing to do. Um so this is
1: this next one. We get
0: into the the, the rock and wrestling. Before connection. we get to that, let me right. just a few more things here. Um, <laughs> these matches were done a lot faster.
1: Yeah, a lot faster. Yeah. It's not
0: so much that the movement of the ring was faster. If anything, that was probably slower. slower. But the time between matches very, very, very short. And
1: also, we were saying with the production. Like now, if you watch a, a wrestling a, a pay per view. Yes. Um, they have video packages that if you haven't watched wrestling, you don't need to. You don't need to because yeah. it will tell you the story in 30 seconds, and it will actually get you. We were noticing this on on Sunday. People were like, "Oh shit, I actually give a sh- I care about this match. I'm emotionally invested." And it's like, yeah, because the most talented people in WWE, after the wrestlers, are probably the video production guys, because they're like, how do you distill, you know, yeah. often contradictory stuff over months into a, into a storyline and make a trailer for? They make they make like eight or nine trailers a night. And get really, 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 and good. without that, it is. That's why I was actually going back to go. Why were these matches happening? You know, yeah. what was the story? And, I, and the next two actually do have some story.
0: Well, perfect. Let's go with yeah. the the only women on the bill. Correct. Wendy Richter,
1: uh, accompanied by Cindy Lauper, against uh, Loni
0: K. Was it sure,
1: uh, with the fabulous fabulous Mula.
0: This is probably the one match where you, besides the father son match, where. Uh, the trivia is, who the hell actually wrestled? No one cares about the wrestlers. Right, right. Everyone cares about the, Lopper. It was Cindy Lopper, and it was so... I mean, And the famous Mula is the greatest female yeah. wrestler of all time.
1: Right. And before this, and I was going back to look into it with the rock and wrestling connection, was, I mean, it all started basically because Cindy Lopper was on a flight yep. with Lou Albano and was like, you're crazy, let's do something. She puts him in in the music video. Yep. And then they, they start this connection. They got her, and they, she was a wrestler... Like became a wrestling fan or what had been a wrestling fan, but she became her boyfriend. Okay, was so a she fan. so, but she she dives in head first with it. They do two specials that they show on MTV, mm-hmm. two pay, basically pay per views. They showed, but they only showed they had a hall card at Madison Square Garden and only showed one match. Really? So the first one was the Brawl for It All, and the <laughs> match they showed there, um, I believe is Wendy Richter over Fabulous Moolah So Fabulous Moolah. At this point, was already 60? sixty, um, which I mean the fact that like ma- male wrestlers didn't even really wrestle. I mean, some of them did, and some of them continue to do. Like Ric Flair, at this point, will probably still take a bump at some. Point. Oh,
0: sure, yeah, but
1: obviously, Mula had had the belt, not really, but they cl- they say twenty eight years. Yeah, and it, even if she had dropped it at a house show that in some backwoods thing. It doesn't really matter because she was the face yeah. of women's wrestling.
0: She was the San Martino for females.
1: Yes. And it was, she's coming from that era where she's, she's the last one and she held on to it. Yeah. And there's actually the trivia after this stuff. Yes. So she kept holding on. Yes. Um, so Wendy Richter was, you know, 20s, 30s and, a, you know.
0: Perfectly fine. Yeah. Competent wrestler.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, um, and and she beats Lonnie and it's, it was it was fine. It was like not Pretty a. Rich. It was the thing was it was definitely of the standard type of matches. It wasn't like, it's funny because the women's wrestling will devolve so much in the '90s to yeah. like broad panty matches. That this was just like you put it up against any of these other matches. It's probably fine totally technically. Fine. Totally. Totally. And it had and it had this, the storyline, and then what? So. Rick Richter actually wins the belt in this because she had lost it the second. Rock and wrestling connection, so she she lost at that was not that part wasn't on MTV. When she drops the belt to Olani, L- then she won it back here, and then a few months later, by November, um, she had a mystery opponent, the the mystery mysterious Spider Woman, who comes out, and they did this they did this, the first screw job, where she was supposed to win. She thought she was now the face of women's wrestling in really? WWF. She was she was in contract she was having contract problems with Vince but she was like well I'm just going to go wrestle this will be fine she goes she gets pinned by this masked woman who's obviously fabulous Moolah and she gets a one count but the guy does the fastest three count of all time and they strip the belts off her and she left the arena like shocked I mean they do the big reveal that it was Moolah all along but she left the arena went to the airport she never spoke to Moolah again really? yeah so I don't know what kind of, you know, she ever appear ha- again. I'm assuming she must have, for because she, she doesn't seem like the one, the one person that had like we said earlier, like they yeah. all go back at some point. But it was like a crazy thing, and it, really? it becomes a th- the the screw job and the kind of Vince. You know, this is when the storyline stuff. It's obviously yeah, the finishes are scripted. Yeah, but there will be times when real life, especially when it involves contract or someone yeah. leaving the company. That'll happen,
0: and this is that time. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. And I so, had no idea. That's fascinating. Yeah.
1: No, that's also in the, uh, in the, uh, life and death squared circle. I don't remember that part at all. Yeah. <laughs> it must be. I <laughs> just I've, read it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> says, that says more about you, I think.
0: Yeah, I know. I couldn't remember who won the Ziggler-Rusev match for about 24 hours, and then
1: you realized that it was a it was, double countout. Yep. That's why you can remember. Yep. Nobody won especially um,
0: not the audience which ties us to the modern day uh, and the old time again is um when did time limits ever actually come into play? It, I know that there was a WrestleMania that it was a 60 minute match and etc but this is the only time I've ever heard like there's a 20 minute limit
1: that would it was a territorial thing you'll you'll see or you know read whatever mm-hmm. um, a lot of 60 minute uh, they they wrestled 60 minutes. Uh, with no pin, basically.
0: Yeah, but this is more like twenty minutes. No, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, but that was the thing. They would have time limits of various various lengths, but a lot of they would do a Broadway, a sixty-minute match. Well, that comes
0: into play with what just happened at SummerSlam. Yeah. Why do they still have timekeepers? I don't get it. They, they, very rarely do. They had one matches. Well, they'll do it, Iron Man. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But on Sunday night, yeah. the guy that rang the bell—I'm using air quotes—the guy that rang the bell accidentally, yes, was the timekeeper.
1: Yeah. Well, they still have to. It's, it's a. It's sports entertainment. You but, have to have good records, Brandon.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. They kept referring to in the record books. It will say that the Undertaker. Yeah. Won. It will say
1: the time. That's right. I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, the guy on Wikipedia. You'll have. That's where that. that Thank number you. comes from. Okay. That's it's why you have so keeping.
0: silly. Um, uh, this is one of the things I liked about. Uh, The announcers is uh, they said things like "What a dirty rat" and "What a snake." (laughs) That just made me so happy. Um, Yeah, it was a a simpler day. Cindy Lauper was part of this match, and she was one of the biggest stars at the time. And I want to know if she knew what Vince McMahon's wife would do twenty to thirty years later. Do you think she would have supported WWF? Cindy Lauper is one of the major reasons, one of the major allies in the LGBT movement. Very obviously a Democrat. Vince McMahon's wife runs for Congress as a Republican and loses. It, it, the, almost all of the celebrities in WrestleMania 1 come from the left side of the spectrum.
1: Yeah.
0: Now it's a little bit, it's probably 50-50. Um, the biggest celebrities this time were John Stewart, obviously left. And then Stephen Amell from uh, Arrow, who's whatever. Who cares? I
1: assume. We're 30-year-old
0: actors, I'm going to assume liberal. Assuming liberal? Yeah. But it's, do you think that that's ever come into play? When they're recruiting these people, like, we're going to try to get our leftist person or right person, No, because, I mean... Or is it it, always just about filling seats?
1: It's filling seats, but also, like, are you... Wait, are you saying that, like, the talent doesn't want to do it? Or that Vince would be like, we're not getting them, they're too liberal?
0: Or we want to get them, they're too blank.
1: Okay, I would say Vince doesn't care, once again. Okay. Carney, he doesn't really care. Okay. Um, I mean, if he thought it it would sell subscriptions to the network, he would have, like, the, you know, the guy who beat his wife in for the Senate seat on... Yeah You know he doesn't really care Yeah um, And I don't think it actually prevents You know people from doing work Because it's just like It's like any other Like go look at what the politics of You know Sure Anyone who you're taking money from Usually Yeah Okay bad. I'm just so, throwing I just wanted to yeah, find I, out Yeah I don't know any other political I mean they've done stuff And obviously now I
0: mean Well John Stewart is the poster boy Yeah For an entire He's type the poster of boy for it
1: And he's a fan of it uh, Donald Trump is in the wrestling exactly. WWE Hall of Fame
0: That didn't come up once Yeah He could have went there, and people He really
1: should have actually made a bit
0: there, but... Yeah. Yeah. I just was wondering, because... It doesn't seem it's like anything else people kind of... Well, between match... The reason why I wanted to talk about this now is because between between match eight and nine is our celebrity parade. (laughs) We have Muhammad Ali. Yes, a a, uh, guest referee. A guest referee. We have New York Yankees manager Billy Martin, who looked like garbage... And I wanted to say he looked like garbage because Jesse kept saying he looks great. He looked like cancer-ridden garbage. <laughs> he's just selling. He looks so bad. I felt bad for the man. We have Liberace doing a song and dance number with
1: chorus line in the middle of the ring. He doesn't know where he is. Nobody knows why he's there.
0: How does Liberace fill seats? Is it Carney. just more like what's going on? I think
1: it's just this. It's the spectacle. It's the it's it
0: comes with the. And Carney that's background. what I wanted to talk about. We yeah. got to it right there. WWF now, WWE, whatever. They're the only organization, the only type of art where the thing isn't the thing you care about. You care about the pomp and circumstance, but not the thing. No one really remembers the Super Bowl like pregame. No one, really. But for WWE, you really only care about the pregame and the storylines around the thing itself. It's the one type of art. I'm going to call it art. It's yeah. the one type of art or sport that is more about the pomp and circumstance. Yeah. That's why this is so fascinating. I think that's why it actually holds up. I'm not. We're not rewatching Super Bowls. Right. I am way more invested in a sport in a real quote unquote real sports game than I am the WWE. Right. But I'm more likely to re-examine the WWE
1: because there's narrative. Because the part that's art is the storytelling. Is is the, the theater part of it? But I think, and that's the part you don't remember sometimes who, you know you know even people look back oh the rock and triple and uh stone cold in a match you don't necessarily remember nope you remember their their big moves or their catchphrases Mm -hmm. or
0: or the 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 gimmick you know i remember stone cold giving the finger way more than him beating his wife i remember the rock telling people he doesn't care about them than saying horrible things about women I see that's the thing about never mind. Yeah. Let's go to the last match. Um yeah, speaking
1: we, of saying and doing horrible things. Oh perfect. So this is Hulk Hogan and his tag team partner, Mr. T. Yes. They had just both been in Rocky Three. It had actually being in Rocky Wait is T in three? T was in three or four, I'm okay. sorry. Hogan's definitely in three because he get, definitely got fired by Vince McMahon Senior. Yes. Because he thought it was like unbecoming of a wrestler to be in a movie.
0: <laughs> um
1: and they and they uh, they were accompanied to the ring. I don't, not managed, but just accompanied by, they're, they're like. Essentially
0: providing security.
1: Their security was, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooka. Um, and that's a good security guy to have because Perfect. he's a murderer, uh, who, who got off in 1983. Um, cool guy. Yeah. So he, yeah, he killed his girlfriend and this is a year, this is a two year years, and year and a half, two and a half later, year and a half later. And that is not even a, not even a, has not hurt his, his well, persona, no. he
0: is a real American, and it's okay to get away with murder. That's <laughs> but, the but song they neither. come out
1: to. Yeah, so they are real Americans. <laughs> um, and that's one people, also with the Hogan thing, it's like, yeah, not defending anything Hulk Hogan has said, happy that it's all out, and people know mm-hmm. he's a horrible person. His security in this match, and the guy in the Hall of Fame with him, murdered his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Not with words, not with bad, <laughs> mean words, with his fists. So... They they will become... So what you're saying
0: is WrestleMania has a proud tradition yeah, of having
1: horrible people. Of <laughs> having murderers yeah. in the company. And, and in this match they were against Roddy Roddy Piper, rest in peace, uh, died a few weeks ago, and Paul Orndorff. Accompanied in their security was Cowboy Bob Orton, father of W superstar Randy Orton.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah. Jeez. That's why he's in the business.
0: Why is his dad so much better? You know who I thought I when I was watching
1: care. Bob Orton? It reminded me of current... Superstar Dean Ambrose. Okay, jeans, especially he had the cast on, which Ambrose with the had, fake, and, yeah, fake cast. Yeah, that. and it definitely had that same kind of wild attitude. This match was this match horrible I, match. Yeah, I mean,
0: horrible. they're barely wrestling. The problem
1: is, yeah, because at there's only point, like one, one and, point, and a half guys who can wrestle. Here. At one
0: point, Muhammad Ali comes in to like calm the ring down. It doesn't His make shirt comes sense. out at one
1: point. He was, oh, so speaking of, so the we we hinted at that before with the gay subtext. So obviously, Liberace is your is your <laughs> pre-show. <laughs> Was it even it was subtext? Or was it just text at that at point? At one point,
0: he breaks away from the chorus line just to do a little jog around him. Yeah, just cause. just because he could. The other, I know there's a spotlight on me now, but I need more of a solo spotlight. <laughs> yeah,
1: that wasn't enough. Other, also in this in this match, accompanying Muhammad Ali as the other referee, who's probably actually doing the roughing, is uh, Pat Patterson, mm-hmm. um, a famous wrestler and then famous right hand man of Vince McMahon, senior junior mm-hmm. and senior, I think, and um, who is openly gay now was openly gay in the company for a long time but mm-hmm. it wasn't a, a public thing yeah um and there's some other yeah stuff with him as, as far as how that played out with Jeez. who they with Roddy with <laughs> Jesus. yeah it's not a great industry I think that's a lot of I mean with the sports stuff I don't have a like to stand on. I don't watch football because it's a pretty horrible industry but there's I have no like to stand on when it comes to wrestling
0: um yeah they're all horrible yeah they're all horrible. But that being match, said, yeah. Roddy Piper aged the best in terms of outfit.
1: And also... His in-ring outfit to the ring. A ringer tee with a panther on it that says Hot Rod and, like, iron-on letters.
0: That still looks amazing. Yeah. That is the best out of all... I did a little fashion poll of myself. Best entrance best of all entrance. of them. And other people had on tuxedos, and Hot Rod still looked better. Oh, yeah, the best. Uh, he also had an entire uh, Scottish bagpipe crew. Yes, which sounded perfect, and they said
1: Bagpipe City, which made me think Suplex City. It's great.
0: It's so great. But uh, Piper.
1: I mean, and and that's the funny thing too. A lot of his famous stuff came out of this this feud with Hogan, mm-hmm. the with Snuka. The famous like he cracked a coconut over a Polynesian guy's head, and the thing with Piper is that was all character, not a racist in real life by all accounts. Here's the
0: thing, the the pineapple thing. I'm assuming coconut. the coconut. I apologize. The coconut thing, that you can't really like rig a coconut, right? Did they rig that, or is it a real coconut? I think like, it might be just a real coconut. I mean, that, that's that's like hard concussing a man directly. Well,
1: yeah, but that's what they do every day. But so. this
0: one seemed like it wasn't supposed to happen. And if you watch the clip from Piper's Pit, this is around the same area. Just yeah, uh, it's YouTube, in the lead up to the second. Yeah, just YouTube Piper Snuka. You'll find it. On, yeah. It'll be the first thing. It, he looks like he genuinely did not know what just happened, and he. Yeah, I don't know how much of that after. Yeah. He looks Fact.
1: furious. I think he's concussed. Yeah. I don't think he knew that was going that hard. No. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, Piper, uh, he would also, like, and this was was one of the other things that happened around this era is when I was watching some of the other rock and Wrestling on uh, Tuesday Night Titans, which was a late-night show that Vince McMahon hosted. Yeah. It was on the USA Network. Really weird. It was a late-night show, and they would just cut to wrestling matches it was a
0: late night show that was just a wrestling wrestling, show it was a a wrestling show masked as a late night show right
1: and but Piper came out with these guys you know he's wearing his kilt and Orndorff like pushes his kilt down. like oh we don't want everyone to see that he kept making Vince call him like uh like mention his rod and stuff it was it's it's ridiculous, yeah, but it exists. He's but the he,
0: worst talk show guest you could ever have. He's, on. but, you want but for he ratings. was the amazing
1: guy, and, and and the Piper's Pit stuff is one of those things that they try to do now that just doesn't work. Like the idea of having someone have Miz an interview TV
0: would probably be like the is the best,
1: the closest thing, and it's horrible. Yeah. Piper's Pit was like that was the like we said like the pomp and circumstance. So like great, you're tuning in for everything but the wrestling. Yeah, Piper's Pit was that because yeah. Piper would do and say anything. Um, also, early in this in the card was Brutus Beefcake. Um, who had, who had the barber shop, mm-hmm. um, which was another one of these segments, and it's most famous. You know, this, these guys don't come around for a while, but for Shawn Michaels putting a, Marty Gennetti through a window, yeah, in a in an interview segment, In yeah. like like with a bad background, we're gonna sit here and do an interview, yeah, and then violence will happen. It's great, I yeah. love it so much. But that stuff doesn't have the Miz TV, which is uh, Miz it's from Real I- World, and and it's a kind of a pale imitation of that. Type it's of thing where violence will break out in interview, but it's course. never any good. No, it's not. Right. Um,
0: and they can obviously still do this, and they could do it really yeah. well. Like just give Dean Ambrose the show, yeah, and call it whatever. <laughs>
1: you actually can find this. As I, was, I found another one of these this morning. So that's the thing too. This is still at the end of the day, um, um, 2015. Is that what you're getting? No, at? <laughs> no. Uh, so at the end of the day, there it's still like putting ass in the seats of arenas. Of course. So you have to do promotion promotion is still morning radio and local yeah local news so like local morning show stuff and dean ambrose current wrestler is probably the best at his job in a lot of things he does but especially in this because these are guys that travel on the road like i said 300 days a year they're driving not always flying still pretty brutal on your body Mm -hmm. all that stuff and he gets up at six o'clock seven o'clock and does like good morning des moines Mm -hmm. and kills it yeah he doesn't go there like there's a point now where these people they can be on a reality show on E called Total Divas and they kind of be out of character a little bit. Not Dean Ambrose because he goes at six in the morning in character and cuts a promo like telling you why you should be at that event because he's gonna beat up his opponents, he's gonna break a kneecap in the in the parking lot before the night even shits, and like totally on character. He's done. He keeps doing this, showing up on these. It's better than that shit that. Colbert did because he does it consistently and it's the only thing that looks like an 80s or 90s promo is him on a morning show
0: I will look these up yeah um, the, what's going on right now is fascinating because so he's keeping character is he yes. on Twitter? I don't think so okay so he's one of the few guys May, I mean he,
1: I'm sure he probably is to be honest but he's but. probably
0: in character then
1: yes um, he's. that's the thing the characters are generally the thing. can preempt you is that generally a lot of these characters that they had then you know you're not going to have a, a guy in in, in Chains who's a junkyard dog who barks you're not going to have generally you don't have these like uh foreigner like villain types mm. generally Rusev you have one you know and let's say a lot of these guys were not even particularly this is this era they're they're the executioner a guy in a mask but a lot it's of them are. so were, boring yeah a lot of them were just regular guys they probably could have done it and right now most you know 80% of the characters are them amplified amplified Dean Ambrose is a kind of a weird loner kid from Cincinnati who wrestles, and he's kind of that's all he does, and and he's just kind of a weird guy, and then he just turns that up to be a violent weird
0: guy, and that's and wear jeans and hoodies. That's the thing, though. Like he's actually a good wrestler. Yes. Um, Seth Rollins, to me, you're you're an expert more than I. feels appears to be the best wrestler in the company. He is. You always say why it's better. Oh, I think...
1: I like Wyatt more as a complete package. But honestly, uh, at this point, like, Rollins is... like a physical performer. Yeah.
0: yeah. I would put my money on Rollins. Rollins is
1: the guy, if you were starting, I think, once again, just doing Shoemaker's gig, but he did, like, a draft. Like, if you were starting a Mm -hmm. company, you would start with, and it definitely would be. Uh, If you were building your company from scratch, you would start with something
0: But here's the thing. I don't give a shit about him and his character. Really? I give a shit about Ambrose. I like seeing Ambrose on screen. I don't... I want to see you in the ring, and that's cool, but for someone like me who values uh, the, I guess, total package, or more more specifically, like, on mic, I don't really care about Rollins. Right. Because
1: they've only given him one kind of thing to do, which is just be a... And then
0: before that, in The Shield, that's also kind of boring to me. I don't really care about that. I want my guys... The Shield is fucking great. (laughs) Sorry. I'm I'm coming from this... Uh, We should do two more things. One, explain how you got back into it. Yes. And then end this... We're going to end this podcast the same way we're going to end every single podcast about (laughs) WrestleMania is... Could you do this? So, uh, let's go back to how you got back involved. I'll begin. I kind of got back involved on the periphery because CM Punk, Chicago yes. guy, also from parts unknown like myself, he was the one guy that actually essentially spoke truth to power the pipe bomb, blah, blah, blah. And it's all, even the pipe bomb, which is real, is actually fake. It doesn't matter. The point is, when the whole first Chris Brown scandal came out... He was the main guy that was like, "I will physically fight you. Please let me fight you legally. I will fight you in a ring. I will fight you on. A I don't. Care. I want to fight you." And that was like, "Ooh, I like that guy." Yeah. And then I found out more and more about him. I was like, "Oh, we like both, like the Blackhawks. Um, the end." So he's my favorite. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Nothing about being straight edge. None of that. Came I actually to play. hate the
0: fact that he's straight edge. Just have a beer and be a cool dude, dude. Yeah. Um. So I love that about him. Yes. And so I kind of followed, and I would watch when we had cable. I would watch Raw uh, when my wife wasn't home. So rarely. And then um, I heard a promo for, like, some, like, I think TNT or TBS or something was on. And they started playing Living Colors. And I ran to the TV to see, like, oh, is Punk going to wrestle? At, like, Christmas Eve with my <laughs> in-laws. And they're like, what the fuck? What is this what is guy this doing? Guy? And it was, it was a promo for his DVD. It wasn't, he had already been out of the company. But whatever. I started sort of getting into it. And then once you guys got the network and started yeah. talking about it. That gave me a reason to watch. Yeah. And also my friends sort of dated one of them. Whatever, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. I had a, a sort of a reason to watch and start caring about it. How about you? So I was into
1: it, like, the Attitude Era, the late 90s. If most people listening probably know that's like, if they're familiar with it, it's Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Mankind. I watched a few years with, like, neighborhood friends. Okay. And then... So I,
0: how old are you at this point? Are you junior high or high no, school? Uh, junior high, like, seventh, junior high?
1: seventh and eighth grade. Okay. And uh, watched Prime a few, years, wrestling watched a few, saw a few like classic moments that I vividly remember and stuff. But I fell out of it, like like I said, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I was buying like GTA, and there had been a wrestling game that had all that era as like a playable mode, and I just tossed in the Amazon cart, and then it just sat there while I played GTA. And then I went up to New York, and a good friend of mine, um, who's a huge wrestling fan, um, he had the network, and the the idea that you could just like pull up any match at all from whatever pay-per-view and just watch it on demand without dealing with YouTube. Mm-hmm. We just we just watched that all night. And I was like, all right, this is, this is pretty great. I'm going to go play that game when I get home and then I got back
0: into it. There and you go. And it, yeah. What year was that? Could you That's date like, that? That was like December. Oh, it was December of 2014. Yeah. So you're not even a year into this. Not even a year back. But huh. what I
1: did do is because I work from home, I definitely watched <laughs> most Raws and all the pay-per-views from like 2012. Off, to now, to now,
0: wow!
1: Skipping so are, all the bullshit, but basically just watching because there's a lot of stuff that happened in the last few years. I want to see like that's the thing. I like Punk a lot too, um, but I didn't really get to see him do stuff live because he was already on his way out of the company. Yeah, but I rem- remember him when he got you know press earlier in the in like the 2010s and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to see his run or part of his run. I wanted to see like the guys who were you know the Shield, like the guys who had just broken up with yes. the Wyatts. So want there was a. I wanted to catch up, and that's the, the thing that it being a. You know, the, one of the longest-running soap operas is that these stories all go back. You can connect yeah. the stuff that happened with Hogan at WrestleMania One to the stuff that happened to The Rock twenty years later. Yeah, it's all it's one long story. So
0: fascinating. Um, and the final final question of just this episode, we only have thirty more to do with these, yeah. so don't waste it on now. Could you physically? How old are you? Thirty-one. Yeah, thirty. As a thirty-year-old now. Yes. Could you have wrestled in WrestleMania One? No.
1: Why? Uh, they were still much bigger. Not I could have done it.
0: What? I could have done it. All right. Who would you have wrestled? Who? And won or just wrestled? Just wrestled. Special Delivery Jones. I want to win. Hey, you, you would fight a chopper. I okay. would fight a chopper, you're yeah. Real, you're champion. I think I could fight I in think we're WrestleMania to, 1.
1: I think we're going to have to... I mean, you can keep doing that because my answer is going to be no from here on out.
0: No, but, it's very soon. Once we get to this real steroid era, I'm out.
1: Okay. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we're going to have to find another closing question. I think what we, the closing question, if I can propose this on the spot, is, like, not just whose job you could do, like, what match would you, who would you be in this? Who who had a decent, decent I'm, time? I'm in too much of a
0: rowdy kick. Okay. So, like, it's going to be that. I mean, that's, that... Good,
1: that's good, but that, that won't be, he's not going to be in a No,
0: I these. know. Um, I really liked uh, Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. That's probably the one I'd want to, in terms of, like, physical skill, him, but in terms of, like, personality and entrance and style and Mike... Which is way more important to me. I want that. Yeah,
1: I want Rowdy. That's good. I would. I. You know. I, I'm going to go. With like, those are. Those are the good ones. You took the good ones. So yeah, I would obviously. take Mike Rotundo, because he would go on to have a good.
0: So you're so, going long term. Yeah. If we're doing long. term Well, long
1: term's tough because then you're like, well, I'd be Hulk Hogan, but not that no, last no, no. five minutes.
0: I would even no. Hulk Hogan's life seems so boring and sad the whole time. The whole even time. Even in this, maybe it's because we still both have hair. Um, he seemed. That's old one as of my notes. Shit. He looks,
1: he looks shit. He looks old. He got... You know, when he went to WCW and stuff, and when he started doing the Just for Men and, like, was the, the bad guy. The Yeah, but just a lot of stuff. He looked really like with the stringy mustache and the stringy hair with, like, balding. Not he impressive. really
0: bad. That he being said, gets better when That he gets being said, um, Rowdy has the best style, but in terms of popping, you want Hogan's outfit. These arenas are so dark. Yeah. The, his outfit just screams yeah. color. That's the only Yellow thing. Yellow and red from you know nosebleeds it fucking plays man and yeah. the rest of it just blends the fuck in anyways thanks for doing this you're very welcome we See only have 30 more of these to do awesome maybe we'll be done you think,
1: so, we'll, is that 30 weeks we'll, will we, we could do this by we could batch it <laughs> we can batch we can get done probably by the probably by Nazca
0: because we're gonna try to do that okay yeah sounds good well, it'll be a 55 year old sting taking on a 50 year old undertaker as the main event awesome at Wrestlemania 30 star
1: want to lose their shit
0: god damn <laughs>